0: Yes, sir. And welcome to the Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. I'm your host, Brock Hendricks, and welcome to the Road to Damascus. We're in a special studio today, recording because uh, the studio we normally record in, they're doing some work uh, in the building in the parking lot. So we had to. Uh, Makeshift at a house that Stefan built with his own hands. Oh, my goodness. He's very talented. He's very talented, folks. But uh, before we start the show, I just want to tell you how you can uh, listen to us. As usual, you know the email address. I say it every week. But if you'd like to be a part of the show, you can reach us at Road to Damascus. That's Road, the number two, Damascus, at iCloud.com. As well as follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Road to Damascus. That's Road, the number two, to Damascus on Instagram and Twitter. So let me introduce the people that helped me stir the pot or pilot the ship or whatever terms we want to use. First, let me say what's up to the lady in front of me, the one, the only, the rabbi. How are you, rabbi?
1: I am great. What's up, everybody?
0: Round of applause for you. And the man who supplied the venue for today, Mr. Bartender. What's up, Steph? What up, though? Say what's up, what's up, what's up. Well, it's good, it's good, it's good to be with you guys today. Uh, Lauren is uh, unfortunately not with us, and she asked me when she texted, she was like, I'm sorry I keep missing, but I still am a part of the show, and don't clown me. So, this is for you, Lauren.
2: <laughs>
0: See, I haven't been giving you no womps, but you get a womp today. But um, let's go on and dive right into this topic. So today's topic is, what is the best way to share the gospel and make disciples? What is the best way to share the gospel and make disciples? What say ye, Rabbi?
1: Honestly, I think the best way to share the gospel is to live it. And the best way to make a disciple is to be an effectual disciple. You can't leave from the back.
0: You starting off with the air horns.
1: So telling you to do something that I'm not doing is not going to get your attention.
0: All right. All right. And what about you, Steph? I
2: agree with Shauna. The first word that came to me is relational. Has to be relational. Um, In order for you to, God gives everybody a story. And if I'm not explaining to you my story, you may not be able to compare Or um, understand completely. So if if I make it relational and the things that I go through and the things the revelation that God gives me, then it will spark something in you, and maybe you'll get that revelation. I think me and Shonda talked about it just before the show. Revelation is like an access code or access key, right? Holy Spirit gives you the revelation. You can share with somebody else, but unless the Holy Spirit is giving them that revelation, they won't have that access. You know what I'm saying? So um, it has to be
0: relational. Okay, okay. Um, Well, I guess I'll say I agree with both of you guys. I just feel as though that we have for a long time um, tried to make disciples in the four walls of the church and believing that the only way that you can make disciples is inviting them to church and letting them go to a place where... They might not be greeted, they might be shunned, they might be treated a certain way. So what I think it is important for us to do is to meet people where they are instead of having them meet you where you're at. Because a lot of times you're not at where you're supposed to be at. So that's how I look at it. So first question that I will ask based off of the topic is, what is, the church, what is the church getting wrong right now? What is the church getting wrong when it comes to trying to um, bring souls to the kingdom? Shonda?
1: One thing is we're just reproducing more people like us. You know, we're, we're just reproducing after our kind. I often say that the best tool you have is honesty, transparency, and, and vulnerability. These are the tools that you have. If we're not using those in the church where truth is like the breastplate or the the belt that holds everything else together, if you're not being honest, none of your other tools really matter. What you live through or your testimony is what gives power to your words. So the things that we say to people, you have to have walked that out or have lived that out. And if all you have are a bunch of words and a bunch of scripture – that you yourself are not walking through, you're not creating disciples. We're just leaving more carnage of hurting people looking for how to get out.
0: So you would say that, you, that if the thing that we've done is we've maybe pulled more people out than brought people in?
1: Yeah, because we've created this image of perfection in the church that is an optical illusion. None of us are perfect but we don't talk about those things. We don't talk about what we've been through. We don't talk about the mistakes that we've made. We don't talk about the sins we've committed, uh, whether we did them on purpose, knowing willingly, like Brian Carr said, he got in the car to go to this man's wife's house. He knew what he was doing. How many people are brave enough to tell their actual stories? So tell the truth, forget about perfection. It's not real. Stop protecting the image of church and just be like Jesus.
0: You get another one. So what say ye, Steph?
2: Uh, Remove the pamphlet. I mean, um, you know, everybody has like guidelines that they feel like, hey, all right, we're going to preach from this and this and this and this from this week. And really, it's important in the church to have spiritual spontaneity. You know, wherever like the Holy that. Spirit I like is taking that. you to, I like that. Yeah, wherever the Holy Spirit is taking you at that time. <laughs> wherever the Holy Spirit is taking you at that time, it's important to talk about it. And that's that requires the church to be exactly what Shonda said, to be open and honest. And then they can move in that spiritual spontaneity to where it's like, hey, today I feel like the church or we need to discuss this because the congregation is uh is gonna it's gonna be a hundred youth in the, in the in the in the audience, so maybe we shouldn't talk about um you know something that's probably not relational to him at the time. Let's talk about something that the Holy Spirit is giving me because I feel another word today. So maybe I should go off course to teach them what whatever he's saying to me.
0: Got you. You understand? I got you. I, I just think that to kind of big piggyback what you said, Steph. Um. What I think we run into is like the one thing that I've um, appreciated about our podcast thus far since we've all been together is the fact that we have not shied away from any topic. And there are still topics that we haven't talked about that I want us to dive into, but um, we aren't afraid to have conversations that need to be had. The reason we're having them on this podcast is because they're not having them in the church. And the fact that we are not having conversations that affect the lives of people every day or we're breaking them up. Because, I mean, I'm really starting to see a lot more pastors and ministers understanding the importance of social justice, understanding the importance of economic development understanding these things, um, understanding the importance of sexual education. Um, but if we don't educate and talk about these things and, and we make people feel like the only thing we're going to talk about is this particular type of, when I say talk about it, meaning when, we, when you come to church, we just going to tell you what not to do hmm. instead of telling you what you can do And how this can help you um, live a life that you're supposed to within Christ. I think that we need to open up, um, like Stephan said, throw the pamphlet away. Um, I've I've often told, and I think I've said this several times on the podcast, is about this script that we follow. It's no spontaneity. It's just, well, how how does service go, Steph. You start off praise and worship. Mm -hmm. Maybe read a scripture. Some churches don't even read scriptures after that anymore. Pastor comes up, preaches. He preaches, altar call announcements. You're done. That's it. That's the script, and that's been the script for as long as I've been alive. How about you, Shonda? You're a little oh, just yeah. a tad bit older than me. Same script. Yeah. So you just start to wonder: Are we are we gonna make disciples? Because the, the frustrating thing is is that we're losing members. That we're losing. People And nobody knew is wanting to come to Christ because we're doing it the same way, expecting different results, which is what? Insanity. The definition of insanity. Yes. What, what would you been jotting down over there, Rabbi?
1: That the best overlooked asset to the church is the Holy Spirit.
0: All right, say that again.
1: The best overlooked asset to the church is the Holy Spirit
0: expound on that
1: people who want to be discipled pull on the Holy Spirit. Okay. You come into the church, you're looking for something you're pulling on the Holy Spirit because he's the teacher. He's the lead. He's the guide. He's the instructor. He's the comforter that was sent to the church in the first place to show you how to do it, to empower you to do it, to give you access To God's power to get it done because he is the power of God. People come into the church and they're pulling and they're waiting for the Holy Spirit to show up and they find a man or a woman and their opinion and how they feel and how they think. They never get the comforter. They never get the teacher. So they can't be discipled. What we're doing is just creating a robotic church of people who raise their hands at the same time. They pray at the same time. They stand for a certain length of time and they sing three songs and then we're going to sit down. Where is the Holy Spirit? This is who the people came to see. They ain't come to see you.
2: I agree on that. (laughs) (laughs) I did that that today. Just before I got in the shower. Um, Hallelujah here below. Start playing uh, by Elevation Worship. And for like one minute, I had my own like praise and worship kind of thing before I took a shower. Mm-hmm. Because I succumbed to what the Holy Spirit was pulling on me from. Right. And once you succumb or once you begin to pull the Holy Spirit, like you said, then yeah. you can feel the Holy Spirit pulling you.
1: Exactly, it's it's like tug of war.
2: Absolutely, you know I mean? that's exactly the vision yeah. I just saw. It's like tug of war. You finally just like, all right, where you want me to go? Exactly. Literally, where you want me to go? Oh, you, I'm, I'm right here. Huh? Okay. So it's, it's
0: it's let the Holy Spirit lead the service instead of us leading where we think it should right. go.
2: Yeah. Now having a plan is important, mm-hmm. right? You have a plan, like you just said, the traditional plan. If you want to have that, that's fine. But saying, you know what, we have a plan today. As you already know, we have a plan. If you want to change or alter anything, I pray that your will be done. And then allow it to change and be altered. Before we have in our mind, man, 10 minutes, I gotta, we got to call alter altar call in 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. No. Don't do altar call today. Just continue to say these words that I want you to say. It's some more revelation I want to give you. And it's like, all right, well, you know, I ran out of time. I got to... So you're not able to deliver every word that God had. And if you're not able to deliver that, now you have a text message that ended at Y at the end and you didn't get the rest of the E-S. Right. See what I'm saying? I like that. You didn't get the rest <laughs> of the ES. I
1: like that. <laughs> yeah. so,
2: so, so you didn't get the full word of God. You got a snippet. So you had to interpret the rest of the text. But had you had been open, had that spiritual, spiritual spontaneity responded to the pull of the Holy Spirit, that entire text message or message would have been delivered to the people and they would have understood exactly what the Holy Spirit wanted them to understand Mm -hmm. from that message. That's how you create disciples. Creating a disciple is like us in this group, right? Us on this podcast. Um, I know we all respond to the Holy Spirit in different ways because we've all talked about it. We all understand that we have a different pool that the Holy Spirit comes on us with. So it's like responding to that is awesome because it's like, man, I was here and uh, I had a revelation about this. I had to talk about this. I'll send Brock some stuff sometimes. He'll send me stuff sometimes. And, it, it, you know, it's awesome. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, really just um, succumbing to the, to, to the draw of the Holy Spirit.
0: Absolutely. So... <clears throat> let's do it this way. We we start with Jesus and he's giving the parables and let he who has an ear understand and then we have the uh, turn in the century and then you have people like uh, Martin Luther um, who posted the Ten Commandments on his door and then you start to move and then you have people like uh, Spurgeon um, and then you have the great revival of the 1900s and then around the 1950s, you had the tent revivals. And then in the 60s and 70s, you had the um, Billy Graham and the Crusades. And then in the 80s, we had the televangelists, um, as well as the boom of the um, prosperity gospel and things like that. Now we're here in 2021, 2021, and we have a podcast. We have TV ministries. We have YouTube channels. We have e-churches. We have um, even um, like music ministries that's just traveling and doing praise and worship and things like that. Um, do you think we're on the right path with some of the changes that you've seen with with being able to expand and do um, growth of ministry? When you think about all the things that I just listed off and how You know, those were in different periods that caused great growth. There were things that people hadn't done or seen before. When you see like us doing this podcast and having certain conversations or people who do e-churches or even like what Maverick City does where they just basically go venue to venue and homes and they just do like praise and worship and allow the Holy Spirit to move through music. Do you think that we're heading in a better track? to meet people where they're at when it comes to spreading the gospel and making helping with discipleship.
1: I think maybe a segment, the, the remnant,
0: okay. <laughs> you know, are making
1: some headway. People who've decided, you know what? I'm tired of doing it like that. And I'm not doing it like that anymore. You know, if you can get paid, if you can survive the backlash, you're going to be okay. I remember one of our uh, deacons back home used to say, if you can survive the strain, God can pull you through. And so that stayed with me. If you can survive the backlash, if you can survive all the people who are gonna be upset that you're doing it different, you'll eventually do it different.
0: Okay. Okay. What 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 you think, instead?
2: Each block builds the foundation. So um and when I say foundation, I'm talking about the foundation that God is creating. God just doesn't want He just doesn't use one lane. He uses multiple. And when He talks about His church, he's talking about the people. And so He's creating a foundation in different areas. But each one has to build the block in order to create a solid foundation within the world. You have a podcast, you have a church, a, a, e-church. Uh, a e-church. e-church. You have um uh missionaries, you have different people that are doing different things and it is establishing something that God can use because it's a conduit now, right? He can move in different areas and different lanes because some people move differently. Some people actually like to sit and not go to church, but they want to listen to a podcast when they work. Like me, for instance. I like to listen to the Bible in one year every single day. I listen to the devotion, and then it takes me through uh, the uh, Old Testament, New Testament, and then the middle of the Bible. Pretty much, so it's always like a Psalms or Proverbs or something like that, um, and it's awesome every single day because I'm getting fed. So that's a lane within itself, and it's creating something in me to where now I'm not void of the Word of God. I can draw that back when something comes up. It's crazy because today it was talking about Isaiah, and um, I think the the scripture was Isaiah 43 and one, to be exact, and it talked about. Um, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. So when you read those things, whatever it is you're going through, it's encouraging, right? It's encouraging, and I know that's what this podcast is about. E Church is about a missionary. Um, you know, they're about. So I believe that that when being led right, it creates another conduit for God to be able to move.
0: Um. I, if that, if that, did that answer your question? Oh, no, no. It, it definitely answers because, you know, like I said, I look at things like the Bible Project, um, veggie Tales for kids, <laughs> even the Bible Project for kids. You understand what I'm saying? There's always mm-hmm. been ways and methods that we've used to try to um, effectually effectually get the gospel out and spread it. So I just know that this new medium, this new venue – that people are doing with e churches using the worldwide web, as we would say. Um, it's been a good thing, but there is also can be <laughs> a bad thing as well. So oops, didn't mean to hit that. That was an elbow thing. We had to try to edit that. One out. No, okay. I'm just, okay. But no, um, but no, it, it, it's a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing as well, because now all of a sudden everybody's a minister. And because everybody's a minister, there can be some misinformation that gets out. Mm -hmm. So what's the best way to meet, even um, meet that at the path where you can almost try to help from getting bad information out there or dispelling certain type of information? Because for as good as it can be, there can also be some downfalls. You know, people, oh, I'm past this so-and-so, I'm... Bishop so and so, I'm the cussing pastor and all this other stuff.
1: Apostle so and
2: so. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I would say one of the things would be uh, to know the word for yourself.
0: Absolutely. Right? You have to be able to. Identify. But remember, we're talking about discipling, So, you might be having people that don't know the word as a, um, or been raised in it as much, but mm-hmm. they might be curious.
2: Wait, so your question was... Were-
0: so my question is more or less, so, um, you know, I've, I've, we did the podcast about social media, but I think, like, Facebook, um, Shonda sent me a link the other day, and I had to go to Facebook, and I'm never on Facebook. I have a profile, but when I say never on Facebook, I am never on Facebook, so I had to go in to try to open this link, and I start seeing stuff on my timeline, and it just makes me think that the movie Idiocracy was a documentary. So, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? And it's like from people, like, it was like certain things that they post where it's just like, that's not what that, like me and the uh, episode last week about misusing scripture. So not just misusing scripture, but wholeheartedly misrepresenting God and the word and the Bible and things. And they're thinking they're doing a service and it's like, and I know you can't stop all misinformation from getting out because it's too much. But what, what are the things that we can do to try to cut these things off at the path? Is Basically, you can't. I mean, it's it's you can't
2: really. Um, all
0: right. Well, let's move on. No, just, you know, I'm
2: just, I mean, you really can't. I mean, you're going to people who are going to have a voice and everything like that. But that that means that the ones that are putting out good information have to work that much harder. Right. In order to combat the ones that aren't putting out good information. I mean, the only thing you can do anyways is is um, to follow the lead and where the Holy Spirit is taking you. And God is the one that has to do the drawing. So if you, like we're talking right now, I never want to be incorrect in what I'm saying. So I always ask that the Holy Spirit gives me the direction of what I'm saying. And if it's something that I say that's incorrect, that I can come back and say, you know, hey, you know what, I can't, or I, I I, I was trying to go somewhere with that, and I went this way, something like that. Got gotcha. you. So it's really no way we can combat that other than spilling out more truth, making okay. sure that we're being led right by. You know, that's pretty much, does anybody yeah. else have any?
1: I mean, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't stump it out because there's going to always be, for lack of a better term, an idiot there's always going to be somebody who feels like, "Oh, I what can do
0: apostle that. at the beginning of you know their name or I mean? bishop or reverend or <laughs> uh, prophetess <laughs> or prophet uh, You know um, that
1: grinds me. Just Well, no, cuz they, they hand, they hand out titles
0: the way we hand out skittles.
1: Exactly. Like why is the church the only place you can get a function or title that you don't have to show first that you have the function? <laughs> you know what I mean? You you don't have to show first that you can do it. That is not the way it should be you know when 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 god challenged moses to choose out those 70 men he told him pick the ones who are already doing the work and entitle them you know so that the people will know who they are mm-hmm. they should be doing the work effectively first before they get a title and then you can't be scared to snatch this title away that you got out of a cereal box Like, there's nothing about your life, if you've ever watched the kings of comedy, you will understand this next statement. If there's nothing about you that says computer or technology, (laughs) (laughs) we should not be putting you, you know, center stage or allowing you to get up. We got to do this stuff differently. Those who know what to do have got to do it and not be afraid. Like, don't be afraid of their faces. Set your face like a flint. Say what you got to say. Say what you mean. Don't say it mean. And keep it moving. The truth, it'll defend itself.
0: Okay. So what about, let me ask you guys this. What about leadership that thinks that their way is the best way? And the results are showing something different. The The tree isn't bearing the fruit of the way that they've been doing it. And... You as somebody, because, I mean, let's be honest. Sometimes when you're in leadership, you are surrounded by people who are telling you what you want to hear as opposed to the truth. So what do we do in those situations when it comes to leadership at the church? Because at the end of the day, I know us three and even Lauren, even though she's not here, we have a desire to make disciples. We have a desire to um meet people where they are whether it's at the church whether it's at the liquor store whether it's whatever it, it may be we have a desire to help people out and make disciples but then you have leadership who thinks like their way is the best way when it's like do you understand like wh- how we're losing people why our numbers aren't growing but the numbers of these other faiths are growing because they don't make their men feel like they're not men, um, especially in the black community, where it's like I'm, I get killed and my pastor's quiet. But yeah. then this other organization makes me feel as though I'm a king and what's happening to me shouldn't be happening to me. And it's only happening to me because I'm a king. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So how do we um, communicate with leadership that is refusing to see the reality of what's going on?
1: As, as a leader, you should think that your way is the best way because the people following you need to believe that your way is the best way. And I'm not following you if you don't even believe what you say. You know, if you look like you don't know what you're talking about, you've already lost me. The problem is when you realize it's not working, as a leader, you can't be too proud to admit I'm doing it wrong Admit to your people, hey, we're going to have to shift this up a little bit because the way that we're doing it is not working. And then you have to encounter the Holy Spirit to find out what you're doing wrong because it's not your church. It's not your church. You are a leader, but this is not your church. These are not your people. These are God's people and woe unto those who scatter the flock. Listen, God ain't playing with y'all about his people or his church. Consult him about what you do and let him tell you how to get it right.
0: What you think, Steph?
2: I'm going with Shonda. It's not really too much you can expound upon that. Right. No, you know, I, I mean, mean she she, she, hit it it up. Up. she, hit yeah, it out the park. It
0: but that's because she an elder and she be in those meetings, so she be the one that they look to. Everybody be like, if something don't go right, they all look. You know those movies where they sitting at a table and the leader here and they all look at him? And then they know it's only one person in the room that might challenge them. That'd be Shonda, and everybody turn and look. And if she don't say anything, then it's like, oh, I guess it's good then. (laughs) Is that how it be, Sean?
1: You know, most most (laughs) of the time we can't even see each other when we Oh okay. When we have those meetings. But I'm I'm always mindful of what I say because I understand the room that I'm in. Okay. And uh, but I will say if if I disagree, I disagree. Do what you will. Handle it however you want. I I maintain my lane, but within this lane, I'm going to tell you the truth. I don't think that's the right move. Now, handle it how you want. We are all in leadership. You know, you may not be at the top of it, but we are all in leadership in this room. And if you can't say no, I don't agree, I don't think that's a good idea, then you probably shouldn't be in the room. I'm not a yes man, and none of us should be. We should all be consulting the Holy Spirit, and we Stephanie should never is. be afraid to speak <laughs> up if he gives you something to say. Because he'll back you up. You don't feel good in the moment, though. Your mouth get dry. Your heart starts beating cotton. Past, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That's how you know. That's that. Yo, unsh- yo, yo,
0: yo, 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 your uh, voice inflection sound a little different, almost like a nervous crackling oh, in yeah. your voice. Yeah. yeah. No, I got you. So at the very beginning, you mentioned something about honesty and us being honest. And I would contend to you that the number one failure of the church has been our lack of honesty. And how can we oh how can we be I'm trying to see how the best way to ask this question. When it comes to honesty. How can we begin to uh, to encourage people to be honest so we can better help people come to God. I mean, because at the end of the day, we used to do like testimonies and testimonies went from saying what the Lord brought you out of the things he did to you. It went from that to, I was hungry last week and the Lord blessed me with a piece of cake that brother so-and-so just shared with me. And the Lord must've knew I was hungry because he had, you understand what I'm saying? And Hey, maybe that was something big for you, but that's not gone bring somebody in who daddy is beating them,
2: mm-hmm.
0: who mom is out on the corner, you know what I'm saying? Trying to get drugs. That's not going to help them. But when they hear you stand up and say, the Lord brought me out of a house with an abusive mother, an abusive father that was alcoholic, a drug a mother who was a junkie. You understand? That's why to me, I think of. Uh, my favorite rapper, Tupac. Mm-hmm. The reason Tupac was so effective with his music, still, and it resonates with people to this day, is because he talked about the human condition. He was honest about his plight. Though you was a black, even though you was a dope fiend mama, you always was a cr- no. What was it? Even though you was a crack fiend mama, mm-hmm. you always You're was a black queen, dope queen mama. mama. Yeah, a black queen. Yeah, yeah, you, black queen. You know? Yeah, you understand what I'm saying? He was honest about his condition. And we are not honest as I feel as though we should be Mm -hmm. in the body, in the church, honestly. We don't give our testimonies. We talk about this great God and what he's brought us out of. But we don't talk about what he's brought us out of because we're scared of how people may look at us. But we're not helping people who need to hear this. Mm -hmm. So you're asking. I'm asking, whatever I'm at, whatever y'all induced from that statement, <laughs> deduced yeah, from that statement. I
2: mean, I, I believe it's one of two. I mean, it's two, one of two ways or it's two of two ways you can do it. Um, one is you create a safe space for people within the congregation, to be honest. And the other one is, is the person that is, it may not be, uh, they, they could just be a person that has gotten revelation to be honest within their life. You know, because a lot of people are misleading and they're not being honest and people aren't getting healed. And that's not good. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I've got on that one. Okay. <laughs> I, th-
1: I think one of, one of the things we could do is to just kind of tell people that the, the church is not made up of people who are already sanctified. This is a group of sinful people who have been sanctified and equipped by God. So whatever it is you're coming in here with, it's already in the room. So that when you come into the room, you don't feel alone, you don't feel far from God, and you know this is the place where you can get some help. But when you walk into the room and you're still wearing the cloak of your sins or the pain of your past, And everybody looks pious and well put together and nobody sees you or acknowledges you. And that's just because they recognize you because you remind them of how they used to be, but nobody acknowledges that. And nobody addresses that issue. You leave out of there feeling like, well, why did I come here? Because the healer, the comforter, the presence of the Holy spirit is closer to that person then all of these pious, sanctified people in here who are fighting so hard to protect their cracked images because we see you. Be honest. Hey, I'm just, I'm, I'm a sinner saved by grace too. And but for the grace of God, there go I.
0: I was watching Thor Ragnarok last night. And it's a particular scene where his daughter Hela, who he had condemned, is now back in the kingdom. And she... Like, what, this doesn't even feel like how it used to feel when I was here. And she looks up at the wall and she sees uh these pictures her dad, who was Odin, and had, and it was like showing him in his peace treaties and how he was protecting the nine realms was from being peaceful and making alliances. She said, That's not the truth. You you proud of the gains, but not proud of how you got them. And she throws these knives up and it knocks down that wall, and then Neath that wall was showing him murdering and conquering and taking over mm-hmm. lands. She knew the truth. Right. It, you could be more effective with telling people the bodies that you left laid in, in the wake. Yes. The, 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 the carnage that you left in the wake of doing the things that you did and how you still have not felt like God should have forgiven you for the things that you've done. Right. But yet and still, he loves you in spite of. Right. And we don't do that.
1: We don't do that. We, we just condemn the people who are still struggling or the people who are in sin. Listen, whether they're struggling or not, whether they're in sin willfully, by accident, whether they slid into it because of how their past was, whatever. When they come into God's presence, there's an opportunity for them to change. And what we need to do is look at that. Hey, man's extremity is God's opportunity. And we need to stop looking at people and see them as this is an opportunity for the power of God to be manifested. Either you believe in the power of God or you don't. And if you're in the church and you don't believe in the power of God, close up these doors and let God's people
0: (laughs) go. Amen. And and it's funny because I was just sitting here as you were talking and, and, the statement I made before that. And I just thought about, like, I was raised in a family that was in holiness, but I still did what I wanted to do before I brought myself to Christ. And the thing that brought me closer to God was when I got my wife, then girlfriend pregnant Mm -hmm. and found out I was going to be a father. And it was like, okay, I need God in my life because I want, I want the Holy Spirit in my life. Because it's going to help me be a better father I don't like know what Steph was dealing with When he decided to to give himself to God I don't know what you were dealing with When you finally decided to get. Even though you might have been going to church and raising hope the, The reason we came to really serve God For ourselves in spirit and truth Isn't because we were raised in it Because we were raised in it doing what we wanted to do But what brought us to him Was because there was something at that moment that said, I know that I need God more than I need anything else. Oh. And he is what can help me get here. So the thing is, is we don't know why people are seeking God at that moment, but we can help them with just a little, a short word, a small, I mean, you understand what I'm saying? An mm-hmm. acknowledgement, mm-hmm. things like that. And, and the thing I'm going to bring up, because I think about it often, is the video from a couple years ago where the man walked into the church with the dress on.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember that
0: and the pastor read him for filth yeah cutting you you get out of here and don't you come back to you well wait a minute something brought him in that church right he ain't just show up for showing up sake right he was in there because he probably was really looking for God now if he begin to cut up and and um interrupt service then you have him removed. Right. But until you know that's the reason that they're in the building, you got to give God the benefit of the doubt.
1: Like, how do you know? Or how do you maybe God allowed that person to come in here at this time to show you about yourself? Not to show, not for you to see the man in the dress, but for your heart to be revealed. <laughs> <man. laughs> Cause this, like, this God's house. Who's unwelcome in God's house? Nobody. Jesus even sat with people who they didn't think, who other people then didn't think he should be sitting with. He ate with them. Okay, he healed some of them. Who are you? Everybody has. A he moment. didn't. He
0: didn't reject the Samaritan woman no, at the well. He did not. And she was sinning. He didn't disrespect her. Call her out her name. Right. When they brought the woman in front of him, he didn't call her out. When he's in the bar with the with the tax collectors, he didn't shun them. No. When he went to the party and his mother asked him to turn the water into wine, he ain't say, you know, I'm not <laughs> like the party going. You think God want me to use my my gifts for party tricks? He did it.
1: Yeah, and they were drunk and say, oh, they saved the best for last.
0: Right. You supposed to get this up first.
1: Right it's not always about that person. It could very well be about you. Everybody has a a strategic moment set when they will encounter God. A lot of times it's for people who already think they know God. You already think you got it together. But there's a moment where something is presented to you that you become either justified or condemned by what you've said. So when somebody enters your presence that rubs you the wrong way, why check the person who rubbed you the wrong way? Why aren't you checking your spirit at that time to see why you rubbed the wrong way? Why is your spirit not responding in love in this moment? Perhaps you should start right there.
0: Amen to that. Amen. Hold on. She gets... You get a amen, a special amen for that one. But no, I mean, I, I agree wholeheartedly. What, what you think, Steph?
2: Um, you know, my mind was actually somewhere else for a second, so I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I got one for you, Steph. All right, all right. We are always making disciples. Okay. Always. You just got to decide what kind of disciple you're making.
2: <sighs> mm-hmm.
1: You're always discipling people because you're always being watched. You're always being heard. What disciple are you making should be the question.
0: So you're basically saying, what are you doing – it's almost like the, what you say about people when they're not listening. What are you doing when you don't know people are watching?
1: That's people are always watching. Is oh, yeah. it, uh, Habakkuk 2 and 2 says, Then the Lord answered me, write the vision and clearly inscribe it on tablets so that a herald may run with it. The herald was the person who read the message and carried it to the next town. Imagine if the person who had to run with the message didn't get the whole message.
0: You're not getting a clear message.
1: You're not getting a clear message. When you get there, you got to make up something or you got to act like you you give an entirely different message because you didn't do it. This is what happens when we go to church and the person is up instead of the Holy spirit. You're sending people out with half of a message. The vision is not clear. The person who's supposed to take it doesn't have it. So how are we discipling people when we're not getting the message from the Holy spirit?
0: Wow. That's, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah. I like that. I mean I mean that goes
2: along with just being led by the Holy Spirit, period. Right. That's hundred percent back to what we talked about earlier. It's all it is, is being led by the Holy Spirit so you can disciple correctly. Because really, you're not discipling. Really you're just being a vessel. That's it. You're you're a conduit. Holy Spirit is discipling. That's it. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's why we said get rid of the pamphlet. Get rid of the ideas that you have. Because your ideas are usually vain ideas that can bring self-promotion. But the ideas that are for the Holy Spirit are always selfless ideas. Acts of selflessness. You know what? Let me not do this. People are watching. me. Let me not say this because I might offend someone. or somebody Well, God is someone.
0: always watching.
2: There you go. Somebody may oh, get the goodness. wrong idea. God is always watching. See, I'm starting to understand a lot more about people and you understand people being in certain positions and being and doing certain things and you understand that God looks at the heart of the individual. We look at the outward appearance, but God searches the heart. People may say somebody's not blessed, somebody's this, somebody's that. They should they're a good person. They deserve this. You don't know what's in that person's heart. Right. God does. So, it's up to each of us to make sure That everything in our heart is being constantly, uh, uh, the Holy Spirit is picking the weeds out, um, watering us, and getting everything that we need that we can be flowers for the glory. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Vessels for the glory. To be able to be used so we can disciple correctly. Because before you lead, you must follow.
0: I agree with that.
2: And you must follow the Holy Spirit. And you be you be you yourself
0: become a leader. Absolutely. So. So we know Paul talks about or some are called to plant. Mm-hmm. Others are called to water, but God gives the increase. Mm-hmm. So we also run into a problem with trying to um, bring people to the kingdom is people trying to um, make this thing a chia pet. They plant it, water it and watch it grow. And they get frustrated when when a person isn't moving at the rate that they believe the person should be moving at. So what advice would y'all give to people who try to play God in that in that sense, where it's like, I'm a plant, I'm a water and I'm gonna watch this grow because this is a ch ch chia Give me the example of a real plant. See if it works
2: out that way. You can't produce... Well, you can make an artificial sun, you know. (laughs) But it ain't going to work like the... It ain't going to work the same way. Right. It's not. You can't incubate the word. It has to be natural. And it has to be... It literally has to be pulled from the heavenlies. Like, sometimes I'll just get revelation on certain words, and I won't say everything because I'm waiting for it to completely download the entire thing. So, I mean, that's... Y'all like a villain
0: know. movie when you're watching it and the and the line is moving as it's uploading. Exactly. And they hurry <laughs> up. They heard they waiting for it to upload, then they snatch it yeah. off. Go ahead, rabbi.
1: You you can try it, but you can't tell the plant how long it has to produce, you know, to manifest this. So the increase will always be up to God because that's the element you can't control. Like you can plant, you can water, you can tell, um, and you, how and, many, oh no, go ahead, go how ahead. How many ahead. seeds are in an apple? But you can't tell how many apples are in the seed.
0: Man, that's heavy. We've got quiet. You, you,
1: yeah. So you could try it, but the increase is never up to the
0: individual. Well, yeah, I mean, but 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 the thing is this: you can't look at a seed and know how big It's going to manifest either. Absolutely. I can give you a seed that might produce a little small bushel of flowers. Give you another seed that. Uh, Make the biggest tree in the forest. And, you know, the, the example of the mustard seed and things like that. You don't think you're getting that kind of tree from a mustard seed. Right. But you do. So you don't even know what the increase is going to look like anyway. So you just got to play your part.
1: That's all you can do.
0: And we don't always want to play our part.
1: No, we want to play both sides. We want to control what we do and the outcome. And, and you can't we look at people and we, we deem a person to be blessed by how they look to us so we want to disciple that person and then God says you can't see their heart you know their heart is, is, is evil and, and wicked but go ahead you know do what you do and then there are people we overlook because to our eyes they don't look blessed and God's saying this is the one who has a heart after me disciple them but we don't do it we should be discipling everybody because it has nothing to do with our five senses, nothing whatsoever. It's all about the leading of the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, it's not about us, too, because when um, Samuel came to bless David, all these sons coming in here, he's like, Is this it?
1: Right. There's got to be one
0: more. Got to be one more. He's talking about the one little run. I don't want him. I <laughs> don't want him. You understand what I'm saying, and you just don't know, mm-hmm. and then we think about David and his impact and what he did and all of this other stuff, like you don't know what the increase, or as we call it today, the glow up, right, you don't know what the glow up is gonna look like,
1: don't have a clue
0: yeah, so um, but so we're gonna get ready to wrap this one up uh um, enjoyed the topic, but yeah it's it's just it's heavy because there's so many ways that we can make disciples today um and so many ways that we, I feel as though that we fail. But we're going to close it out, so I'm going to go with you first, Rabbi.
1: I'll, I'll close with this. Um, first John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. So let us love one another. That's the best way to disciple anybody. It's to
2: have the spirit of love.
0: Amen. Steph?
2: I can't top that right now. (laughs) uh, um, I think um, the number one thing right now, even for me, uh, in the phase that I am in my life right now, is uh, being honest with yourself and open and allowing those transparencies. To actually create a real revelation A real life revelation Not the things that you just talk about That you heard other people And God gave you the revelation of the word But get a revelation of the experience also Because that makes you a disciple Within itself Be honest, open, transparent to other people And then you create other disciples Such as yourself But you have to make sure that you are in alignment And you're doing the will of God In order to be a disciple yourself That's it.
0: Amen. Amen. So I want y'all to imagine that you were had somebody who was ability to watch your life and they recorded the best things that you did and they recorded the worst things that you did and maybe just told a little bit about you. But all they did was record your best things and your worst things, and then a little bit about you. How would you feel about that? You might be happy. You might be sad. You might want to go along with it. You might not want to go along with it. Well, that's what we do when we read the Bible. We read people's best days and their worst days. And those are the things that help us push through to make us stronger in our walk with Christ. So maybe we should be as transparent as the people in the book that have really no choice of their story being told. When David was going through what he was going through, I'm pretty sure he didn't think it would be in a book that would be read thousands of years later. When Moses did the things that he did and he wrote them down, didn't think he probably thought it would be thousands of years later. When Paul was talking about his struggles and the things that he did good and did bad and about him being one who persecuted Christians, I'm pretty sure he didn't think it would be written down for thousands of years later for us to be reading about it. So it's okay to be open and transparent with people about just the things that you're dealing with now or that you've dealt with to help with this walk. And if we begin to be open and transparent with ourselves and open and transparent with others, then we will make better disciples. And with that being said, I want to thank you for listening to another episode of Road to Damascus, where it's not about the road, it's about the journey. And until next time, thank you and God bless.